Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women tech and founder of Super Mums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employers and experts who champion diversity and gender equality. During Series 4, we're teaching women how to stand out in the crowd, whether it's boosting their earning potential, achieving career progression, or shining the light for other women to follow. This week, I'm excited to speak to Aisha Murray about rediscovering yourself beyond mumhood. Aisha is a career and work-life balance coach and runs her own podcast called The Parent Equation. Aisha, welcome to the show. Please do introduce yourself. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for being on. Um, so, yes, I am, as you said, a career and work-life balance coach, and I primarily support working parents. So having been through it myself, we've all been through it ourselves, um, having had a long corporate career, which then resulted in burnout, stress, etc., I made the decision to change my career and become a coach a couple of years ago. So that's what I do. Awesome. And I love I love this topic that we're going to talk about today. And it's quite personal for me because I've just re-engaged with a group of mums who are all, we're all trying to rediscover our motherhood. So we're really, ex- uh, you know, sorry, rediscover ourselves beyond motherhood. Yeah. And, um, you know, we started paddle boarding together. We started horse riding together. Like we're doing all these things, um, you know, during the week because we've kind of like, when people ask us what our hobbies are, we're like playing with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't you know that isn't a bad thing like you don't want to feel bad about that but it's kind of like we don't have any other hobbies like you know and it just feels like we've lost ourselves after kids yeah. like we did you know so yeah. we're all going horse riding now and going so we did this you know 10 years ago and I, I booked in to do kite surfing for a week as well and I'm like I'm really oh, scared <laughs> yeah but I used to you know I'd started learning how to do kite surfing before I had kids and now I'm like really nervous and scared but I've always really loved the feeling of kite surfing I'm like right I'm going to put this back in and can I do this or not like now I'm a mum like why do I feel like frumpy so I think this is a really important topic because (laughs) you want to feel like you've got other things in your life other than work and kids and that Mm. you've got you know who are Mm. you and what do you enjoy so when somebody asks you in your team meeting well what are your hobbies you enjoy you feel like you've got perhaps something else to say if it if, if it feels like something is missing yeah. right because this you know you might be really happy with your balance between kids and work and that is perfect but for those of you that probably feel like you perhaps need something else and maybe that's sort of help you know having something else in your life is about building your confidence um you know it's about really just digging into that so let's first talk about you know what is the problems mums are facing right now why do we might feel like we are losing our identity and that we don't know who we are if people ask so I think you've already alluded to the fact that even pre-pandemic let's maybe go back a couple of years Mm. when you have kids you automatically well your priorities obviously change dramatically and if you're a working parent as well you are potentially nine to five so let's say hypothetically so you've got a full-on work life you've then got a full-on family life and it's very very hard just to step back from that step outside of that and say actually who am I what's happened to me and I've sort of disappeared um, and there's that very good Pampers advert that was on a couple of years ago where it was lots of photos of the family and all you could see was the mum's arm or the mum's leg and she was <laughs> seeing all the family photos because she was the one taking the photo and she was never actually in, in, in the, the picture so what yeah. I say a lot yeah in the picture so what I say a lot especially to my clients is how do you put yourself back in the picture and that is what's so important for any working parent but what the pandemic has then done 
um, because there's been no demarcation at all between work and home for most not for all of us obviously but for a lot of us we've been stuck in our houses working so there's literally no boundary between work and home so everything just blurs into one which makes it and everything was closed so you couldn't actually go and do anything that you might want to do so we've entirely a lot of my personal experience and clients we've entirely lost ourselves now Mm. um, because we've had a year of, of literally nothing being available to us so I think that's it was always an issue and it's just been completely um, compounded by the pandemic. So I think we have definitely lost or losing, have lost our identity throughout the last sort of year or so, more so than ever. Mm. So how do we really start to discover ourselves again? How do we put ourselves back in the picture? So the first thing, it has to be a conscious decision because it's very, very easy. And we all do this. We all pay lip service to things we want to do. It's very easy to say, I'm going to start kite surfing. I'm going to start running, cycling, whatever, baking, whatever it might be. But just saying it isn't enough because as we all know, say something and then something will happen. Kids will get in the way, work will get in the way and it will all go to pot and you'll forget Mm. about it again for, for a few weeks. So it has to be a conscious decision that you're going to take to make a change in your life for the better. Mm-hmm. so I think it starts around boundaries really and setting your boundaries and I think this is something that's very important not just for hobbies and finding ourselves but also just for the work-life balance more generally so if you start to look at your life and you look at your family life and your work life and you say right I'm going to start chunking up my time and create some boundaries around my work time and create some boundaries about the kids time around school run time about any whatever it is that, that comes into your life And I'm also, as part of that, going to create a chunk of time for me. And I'm going to put a boundary around that. And I'm going to promise to protect that boundary. Mm. And you put it in your diary and you make it part of your routine, as you would with work, as you would with the school run. You know, you don't just miss the school run because you've got something else that pops up. You have to go and do it. Yeah. Not essential tasks. Because it's a pain. But anyway, we have to do it. Um, So it's the same sort of thinking, really, is that the time for me is a must-have and it's non-negotiable and it's protected and I'm going to put it in my diary and I'm going to block that time out as I would with anything else Mm. Um, and I think the other important thing is the amount of time you're spending on yourself so I go to the gym sporadically but actually that's not long enough so it tends to be sort of shoehorned into the middle of my day so I'll kind of think oh I've got an hour free I'll just run off the gym but that ends up actually being quite a stressful situation because I'm rushing it and I'm just thinking, oh, I'll jump in the car, go to the gym, mm. quickly do something and rush back. So that's not relax. actually, mm. no, you don't relax. I mean, I've done something for myself, yes, and I've exercised, so I was all ticking those boxes, but I don't feel that I've actually had any time to, to really sort of decompress, if you like. So I think it's, I think your examples of kite surfing and horse riding are fantastic because those are extended periods of time where mm. you can really not just focus on the task and learning something new, which is also a very good thing to do, which we can talk about, um, but you've got enough time to really get into that different mode and into the mode of you as Heather or, you know, me as Aisha, whatever it is. So I think it needs to be quality time, not just a rushed hour here and there mm. interspersed in your working day. that commitment to other people as well. I'm glad I'm doing it with something, somebody else, like, you know, because that makes it a bit more, it makes you a bit more accountable, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think accountability with anything is, is so difficult and self-motivation can be so difficult, especially if you're, again, as I said, stuck in your own home, just with your own thoughts or you're self-employed, mm. like we are, you know, it's, it's very different. It's very difficult to, to motivate yourself sometimes. So I think, yes, having a group, dynamic and a group system around you is an even better way to go for accountability 
Absolutely. And for those listening, they might think, oh, gosh, you know, a bit like me, it's like, well, can I redo that again? Or how, you know, how do you rediscover passions or find something to do? Because that can be the other hard thing. You're like, oh, I'd really like to do something, but then it's all the research or all those things that go into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably the first place to start is looking back before you had kids and before you had a family and before you had all these other priorities that take up all your time. Mm -hmm. So who were you in your well, say, say you had kids in your 30s. Who were you in your early 20s? What was it that you loved doing? Apart from going to the pub, I imagine, having all this <laughs> Yeah, that's immediately going to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> drinks, food, dancing. Oh, yeah, drinks, yeah, drinks and dancing, no commitments, nothing at all. So apart from that, which obviously was great, um, what, what actually motivated you then in those days? What were you passionate about? What did you love about work? What did you love about your spare time? What sort of you know, what films did you watch? What books did you read? All the sort of things that you did before you had these other commitments. I suppose it's revisiting that and thinking, is there anything in there? Or even in, earlier in your childhood, I mean, horse riding for you, for example, may have been something you did when you were younger. Um, but it was something mum always said, actually, uh, she couldn't afford me to do because I did mm. gymnastics and swimming and everything else. Yeah, so I feel yeah. like it's the one thing that I haven't done. But the reason I want to do that is because my kids love horses, like it's mm. their number one thing. So I'm like, I really want to go for a pony track with my kids. Yeah, so I'm doing yeah. it so I can do it with my kids and yeah, we can go yeah. on a holiday and all go together. Yeah. And I'm not the one being pulled off by a horse. <laughs> can I just have this image of my dad on a horse? Thanks, just plugging it down the field because he didn't have a clue what he was doing. So I think I have that innate fear that that's going to be me. (laughs) So I need need to learn how to do horse riding so that doesn't happen and I can be there with them. So I guess it's, yeah, so I'm learning stuff that I think I I want to do with my kids as they get Mm -hmm. a bit older. We did have actually, because we had, we used to ride horses in India and we used to go back for our, because I'm half Indian. Yeah, we used to go to India for our summer holidays every year, which yeah. for me got very boring, even though it's exotic <laughs> to some. It's the same place every year. Um, yeah. And we used to get horses there to ride. And I remember once they turned up with the horse for my dad, which was an ex-racing horse. Mm. It was absolutely enormous. <laughs> and my poor dad, who wasn't a particularly expert rider, had to get on this enormous horse and it just sped off into the distance. <laughs> sort of hanging hanging the off the side. Image. Yeah. yeah hanging off the side that's quite funny um so yes it could be it could be something that you were passionate about you know in your in your childhood that you never got to do or you you missed doing whatever it is so I think it's it's just looking back and revisiting what used to float your boat and really motivate Mm. you in the past and then it's about the reality of of today so the reality is if you've got kids and work you've got a busy life you can't you know we we can't run away from that as much as we like to sometimes It, it is what it is and we do have certain commitments with home and with work that we can't get around. So it's about looking at your current patterns. So what does your work life look like at the moment, the timings, etc.? What do you need to do for your kids? What do you need to do for home, for work, or whatever? And finding, I suppose it's finding slots that can work for you. So for example, I am not very, the week weekdays are pretty much back to back for me because it's either work or it's school run and then it's the kids after school clubs, mm-hmm. which none of that is going to stop. For the time being so I'm not going to promise myself that I'm going to go on a two-hour horse ride on a Monday lunchtime you know it's just not going to work that's what I'm doing I'm doing it Tuesday, oh, Tuesday well that's fine yeah. that's fine so I'm half I'm 11 I'm off for an extended lunch <laughs> but I started work at half seven this morning so well, yeah I mean, again it's about what it's about the patterns that work for you mm-hmm. so you have to look at your own family setup and you have to look at the best way you can fit it in without you don't want to disrupt your routine too much because then you add a whole nother level of stress 
you know in with that yeah, so yeah. it's about what works for you what works for family your kids your work um days of the weeks times of the day that you can do something so it's, it's about look identifying that first um and then really i think it's about research so once you look at your passions just have a look around and have a look at some local networking groups have a look at some i mean you said you found a group to do your horse riding and kite surfing with so are there local groups that are doing things already that you could be joining and be part mm. of and mm. um, so rather than trying to find something brand new is just get be part of something that already exists and mm. just say you know it's a bit scary because you do have to put yourself out there mm. potentially and if that's not your or ask the mums I mean for me it yeah. was asking mums in the school groups because I like brand new my kids went to a brand new school this year so I was like oh does anybody want to do this or it's kind of inviting them around for play dates and just being open because I think quite I was interested you sort of you I think we have expectations of people that oh they're really busy they've got loads of friends they're doing loads of stuff like they probably don't want to make new friends or you know whatever and when they once I've started to get to know them they're like oh yeah I don't really do anything either but I'd love to do this or that so it's it's worth talking to people then isn't it just being open and asking it and being the facilitator because you might find that other mums want to do it too and then I created a little group for our horse riding because they didn't have one that I could join myself so now there's now there's like five of us (laughs) it's great um yeah yeah no it's really good it does take courage yeah and Mm -hmm. it depends on the kind of person you are but I think some people struggle with that first step of well putting themselves out there and saying hi this is me can I be your friend (laughs) kind of experience (laughs) and some people do yeah yeah, and some people struggle with that but I think it's again everyone's in the same boat everyone's feeling like they want to do something different or do something new and everyone's open to these kind of conversations Mm -hmm. so I think it's about not being scared of that and just as you, you did just say hi this is me I'd like to do something if anyone else like to join me and I think you'd probably be amazed at the actual the take up and the enthusiasm you probably get from from fellow parents I imagine like you did exactly because exactly. half the time it's you know researching it and finding it out as well isn't it so when um you know a couple of the ladies who are doing the paddle boarding you know they've bought boards before they've even had the lessons like right we're gonna do this <laughs> all in that. all in I, yeah all in I love that where I'm like oh I don't know I might want to see if I like it first before I invest a thousand pound in a paddle board I was gonna say they're quite expensive as well paddle boards so <laughs> yeah. that's quite a, a big commitment up front yeah I know, but then that's like you say all in they're like fully committed to it um, yeah and, for, and again for them that commitment that that money investment for them yeah might mean they actually then do it and they commit to it and they see it through so yeah. again that's that's also another good point then what what is it that you could put in place that gives you that commitment so is it investing in the product or whatever it is buying a horse I don't know yeah, um, that's a very big investment but is there something that you can put in place that keeps you accountable and keeps you committed to the activity or whatever it is that you've decided to do yeah. So I think that's another, yeah, another good and thing to do. Lessons as well, like, because we're yep. going to lessons, it's different to going, oh, should we go paddleboarding at three, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning because we can. Mm. That It'll be interesting to see how that evolves. But whilst we've got lessons, it's like you have to put them in, you're seeing somebody, they're teaching you something and you feel like you're learning. You're, and yeah, you, again, yeah. It's that accountability of not just meeting friends to do something, but it's actually being taught something. So installs that lifelong learning and um i wanted to bounce back to a point that you mentioned because i i use this as well and i think it's just to be good to reflect on here is you said it's the must-have non-negotiable mm. and um in the salesforce world we talk about agile project management and we talk about moscow rules which is prioritization yeah, yeah. of um is you must have mm-hmm. like it is absolutely essential i do this or else i am going to fall over 
<laughs> like, you know, not be, you know, that everything's going to falter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got your should have, so there's a workaround and you could have some, you won't have. But, you know, the reality is if we don't do this and we don't rediscover ourselves, let's just talk about what that might mean for yeah. a minute, you know, because we talk about burnout and, mm-hmm. you know, that confidence issues. Like, what are the issues that you've seen if people don't do this sort of stuff? Like, when they come to you, Aisha, for coaching, mm-hmm. what is the point that they are at? What kind of breaking point are they at enough to kind of go, I need some help? Yeah, I mean, most people, if they're seeking help, whatever that help might be, are at a point where they're thinking, I can't cope with this anymore, or this cannot carry on. This can't be my life for another minute another hour another six months five years whatever that, that can't be my life and it's the same with any change that you want to make whatever change that is in life if you don't take control of your own life and you don't make that change nothing will change and you'll be in the same position having the same conversations mm-hmm. in six months time mm-hmm. um, and that's usually the sort of first conversation I have with potential clients is if you don't do something about this and it might not be coaching with me it might be there might be something else they could be doing instead that might better for them but if you don't do something about it nothing will change and you have to accept that and if you accept that and that's fine and you're okay to carry on and be burnt out then fine that's you've made your choice Mm -hmm. but it is about choice and it is about choosing to make a change and it's about choosing to make your life better and I think that's the key that people seeking coaching seeking counseling seeking new hobbies whatever it is they are they want to make their life better in some way something isn't working for them Mm -hmm. and they have decided consciously that they don't want that to continue as it is yeah so it's it's committing to the the change that you want to make so you Mm. acknowledge the change you say yes a change needs to happen I might not know exactly what that change needs to be but so maybe I will seek coaching to help me work out what that is but then I'll commit to it and I will sustain that change through various different techniques and ways of ways of working Mm. um but I know then that the outcome for me will be a good one and however long that takes, because nothing, you know, nothing in life is a quick win necessarily, but however long that takes, whatever journey I need to go on, at the end of that, I'll be in a better position. I'll have a better family life. I'll be happier. I'll be richer. I'll be whatever it is that your, you know, your outcome needs to be. Yeah. It's only through commitment and, and perseverance, really, that you can make that change for yourself yeah no exactly and you know it's that tipping point isn't it and I think another thing I've found useful here is to write down all the reasons I'm making this change and when I when I'm thinking about not doing something or whatever or I'm like trying to you know rebalance myself I go back to that list and go this is what you wanted this is what you wanted to avoid you know and kind of just have that list to remind yourself of why you kind of want to make this this shift really of doing something different and what does it talk to us a little bit about success stories like you know if we we've got to create that vision um you know we talk about a tipping point and all the things Mm -hmm. that are not working but what you know how do we create this visualization of success and how do we sustain it? Because, you know, if we do it for a few weeks and it falls off the shelf, I guess yeah. that's what we yeah. think might happen in our minds, right? So I think I think one of the first things is a bit sort of reframing what, how we look at, not success, but I think what people come to me, they the first sort of statements usually are, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. It's also negative. Um, if I ask for a promotion, I won't get it because of X, Y, and Z. And there's lots of excuses lots of reasons why things won't happen and lots of I suppose what we call self-limiting beliefs in the coaching mm-hmm. world that are holding 
holding people back. And that's a perfectly natural state. We all do. I do it. You know, I'm a coach and I do it all the time. Um, this is human nature. So I think it's the first thing I try and get people to do is reframe that. So, okay, let's imagine all of these barriers and all these limitations were gone. So you've got the skills you need. You've got the team around you, for example. You've got money's not an issue. You don't need to worry about pay rise. What does that look like in that case? So what job are you then doing? Or what activity are you then finding? What sort of work-life balance are you experiencing without any of these barriers in the way? And get people to really put themselves in that positive vision of their future and make them understand how that feels. And inevitably, it feels great because the vision for yourself is a positive one and you can imagine all these things happening you can imagine your holidays in France whatever it is and you know you love your job but your family are really happy and there's no shouting that I can't promise that there is no there is no yeah. magic magic um what's the word recipe for that but it's about putting yourself in that positive frame of mind and thinking all of this could happen if I just can reframe the way I'm thinking about it so you're right it's very easy to put those in place initially and talk through the strategies to, to make a change and then potentially you stop coaching or you you know you, you put a few things in motion and they sort of fall off and you don't sustain it so I think the best thing and you said earlier is writing things down so I think if you have a record of your original vision for yourself the original goals you're set for yourself and some people some other sort of fellow coaches um, they get their clients to actually put things on their walls or I think one lady even changes the pin the pin number of her bank card to the amount of money she wants to earn oh really <laughs> so wow, it's just, okay yeah. that's so, positive affirmation like positive yeah, reinforcement exactly. every time yeah okay yeah I'm, and I'm all over the that. place <laughs> yeah I know except well four digits in the pin number <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to add maybe add a few zeros Zero on at the end or something yeah. <laughs> maybe um but I think that's it's about that it's about constantly reinforcing what you want out of life whatever that might be mm-hmm. and whether you whether you write that down and just I don't refer to it every day but you probably won't it's, it's putting it in places you can see it yes it's um I mean my my screensaver for example my desktop screensaver because I'm doing a sort of mini business course at the moment and it has 10 actions you must do every day to build oh. your business so I've got those 10 actions as my screensaver so that when I come back to my laptop it pops up and oh yes okay there we are and it's every 10 oh, minutes it's reminding me yeah, you know yeah. what I'm supposed to do whereas if I had it written down in a, in a book notebook I would just I look at it yeah so I think so it's true. where yeah where can you put this the vision where can you put your even for tasks and lists and things you need to do mm-hmm. where can you put them that you're they're always accessible and always in your face I suppose so it's yeah. constantly being sort of drip fed in mm-hmm. um and I think you know it's like I said before it's, it's no easy fix and it's not a quick win to make these changes I think accepting that it's a journey is the first thing and, and not getting frustrated if things aren't happening immediately because the things just don't that's not how life works and I think it's about just making little small inroads towards that vision and something I always tell my clients is celebrate every single little success so it could be that you've written a letter I had this the other week actually with one of my clients who desperately wanted to leave her job and was getting more more and more bitter about the job and it was starting to get ended up in quite a toxic conversation I imagine with her boss so her first step was just to write it down just write the letter which is quite again it's quite a standard thing to do write a letter to your boss mm-hmm. you're not going to send it anywhere <laughs> but just write it and get it all down on paper and that's all you have to do in the next week or two is just write mm-hmm. that letter so for her it was easy enough to do it was one small task 
And once you've written that letter, I said to celebrate it, celebrate the fact you've got all this out on paper now. And that's it. So, and then we move on to the next step and the next step and the next step. So it's not about looking at all the steps together and the, and the mountain you have to climb. Yeah, it's about the small point. little steps you make towards that journey um, yeah. and celebrating each win, you know, celebrating each little win and thinking, do you know what? Today I did have time for myself. I went on my horse ride. That is amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to sit yeah, down yeah. for two seconds and reflect, reflect on that and say, well done. Well done to myself for actually doing something yeah. for me. And then I can't walk for three days. I, I remind myself every yeah. day afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I should have stretched a bit more. <laughs> I was reminded of that horse riding for a full week. (laughs) Yes, and I did go and buy buy some nice bath salts so I could enjoy my bath after it. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. You've got two two for the price of one there with your horse riding. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? I know. I think that's something we we don't do that enough as, you know, maybe even as women more than men, I don't know, but we we don't give ourselves enough credit for the stuff we do do. Exactly. So it's yeah. just, you know, if we do achieve something, however small it might be, just sit back and go, okay, good, I did it. I did that bit. Great. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. So small steps, celebrate each step. Oh, there's loads of great coaching tips there. Thanks, Aisha. So much <laughs> packed into those little five minutes. So I think you might, for the listeners, I think you might have to re re listen to that bit and write down all those great coaching yes, strategies because there's so much in there. But um, yeah, it's been absolutely fabulous to talk through this with you. Think I should say because I think say it feels really important for everybody, and particularly at the moment if yeah. we have lost the sense of that. And I, I think it, just to kind of almost turn that on its head. I've been desperate to book in. I think everybody's felt the desperation to book in stuff to enjoy because we have had it locked down. And there's something about that makes that makes you really appreciate. I need some freedom or I need to do this. So actually now is the best time more than ever, isn't it? To kind of, you know, ask your friends, identify something you want to do, see if anybody wants to do it with you and and, um, start booking it in. So um, Aisha, if they want to contact you, where's the best place to sort of connect with you and find out more about what you do? So the best place is either LinkedIn so I'm always on LinkedIn and that is Aisha Murray on LinkedIn and also my website is AishaMurray.com so those are the two best places to find out or get in touch with me awesome great and if you have done anything off the back of this webinar if you have done anything off the back of this podcast then Aisha and I would love to find out more so send us a DM and say as a result of the podcast I went out and did xyz and we'd love to know that we have a positive impact as coaches in the world so thank you very much for listening today thank you for joining Aisha um if you enjoyed the show please do rate and review on iTunes and if you want to find out more about super mums and how we're empowering mums within the Salesforce ecosystem and develop new careers then please visit supermums.org thanks for listening this week and we'll speak to you soon take care bye